Well, hello everyone. Hello everyone. Welcome to a very special episode well, of Book Faces. Hello All everyone. Right, tonight. Hello everyone. Welcome to is a the very, very special the very episode. The gentleman has got great hair. He once gave me CPR and saved my life in St. Pete Beach. He's one of the best-selling time travel authors of the decade. You can hear his dulcet tones on Aretha Franklin's final album. He can do 50 push-ups in a row. He looks great without his shirt on. He is a crepuscular animal. He can fly his own plane. He can fly. He's Superman, basically. He's Nathan Van Koops. Nathan, thanks for having me on. <laughs> that was quite the intro, Alan. That is way better than the intro I was ramping up to try to do for you. It's and, all uh, true. Welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here, Alan. I've been looking forward to this for, for a while. Any excuse to hang out and drink with you, Nathan. Yeah. After I learned that you had done podcast episodes and went to listen to your, your podcast intro, I realized just how far I have to go to be anywhere near as cool as Alan Janney. So, well... I knew that nobody was going to listen to mine, so I had to get them in the first three seconds because people will look at your face and go, okay, I'm here for this. That's a great face. Uh, but for me, I had to have sound effects. Well, yeah, it's probably, it's probably um, you know, challenging having a, a face for radio as I do because most, most of these episodes are listened to, not watched. So, um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh -huh. the majority of uh, our crew that's going to be signing on to listen to this is going to be well, listening to your... It, intro and being like wow we just really stepped this show up a notch they are missing out my friend <laughs> um do you have any intent i i would listen to your podcast 100 percent. like do you, i know you it's one of those things that sort of like has been shifted to the back burner or because you yeah. had a big year and you've been doing a lot of other things but do you have any inclination to go back and do another podcast? Oh, absolutely i i had a lot of fun i got to meet that's how i met todd hodges our good buddy um uh, I had so much fun doing it, and I don't. It's not going to happen soon. So as soon, as soon as I, how about this? As soon as anytime I launch a book, it goes into the Amazon top 100 because I I only get the top 500. Mm -hmm. uh, I will give myself enough breathing room to do it again because I really liked it. That's a good goal to have. That, that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's good that you have the priority too. I mean, like, okay, first things first. And, yeah. And then let's make sure we have our our ducks in a row, and then then do podcasting, which is the opposite of what I do. I'm like, um, <laughs> let's make sure I do this podcast episode because I want to hang out with my friends and, and have it, these wonderful chats. And see, Nathan, I the, wonder if you're well, not if you're not doing life exactly right because I think <laughs> on your list of priorities, probably hanging out with your friends is very high. Yeah. And you do that, and you do it for a, a living. And I, th I think maybe, and I've told people this, you're the most well-liked person in the whole indie author universe. Everybody loves you. I'm, I'm around you sometimes, and people are walking up going, oh, there's Nathan. We've got to talk. I have so much to tell you. Would you please read my book? People love you, and I'm just so happy to know you. That, that is a really nice thing to say, and I feel like people are going to take it as a challenge. Be like, what? Nobody hates this guy? I'm definitely going to hate this guy. Nobody hates like, All right, yep. He, he, he's, I've got a target on my back now, and it's all thanks to, to Alan J. No, you were the coolest kid at the party. And when we hung out in Florida, you were so nice because I didn't know anybody, and you took me everywhere like I was your little brother who was a nerd, and you were <laughs> But you were like the, op the most opposite of a nerd person I know. Well. You're like... You're like the, the the deep well of your inner cool cannot be plumbed. Like it is unfathomable. Fathomable. 
that Ooh, is this how deep go, your I, well of cool is. This so, might go on author page. My yeah. deep well of cool. <laughs> but yeah, for people who don't know you, I mean, we're just we're going on about how, how great each other are, which is which is fantastic. But um, <laughs> like you know, why not? But um, for people who maybe don't know how cool you are yet, could you give them the the cool bio of of how do you explain how who you are to, to strangers? Oh, that's tough. Um, I say that I write books, and um, I used to be a teacher, and I did not <clears throat> do the cool teacher stuff. To, one of the best parts about being a teacher is the teacher workroom, where all the teachers go and they hang out. We talk smack about the students, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I I would hid, and um, I wrote during my lunches and my playing periods, and I wrote a few books, and I decided to give this a shot, and it's gone uh, really well. Yes. So. Yeah, now I write uh, mystery and thriller books. Yeah, which is an understatement. Saying it's done well is, is an understatement, um, because you, you're you're a very good writer, and you are oh, very thanks. popular, and um, your <laughs> books are you know books are excellent. Now you've found a following, and you've been, made a very successful business out of it. So right. um, I was actually I pitched you your name to Lindsay Broker over on the Six Figure Author podcast, and I'm like, um, I know a super cool six figure author you should talk to and have on your show, and his name's Alan Janney. You should have him. Oh, thank you. So we'll see if they 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 send a shot. They said they're they're booked out till forever, but um, oh. you may hopefully you'll end up on the list because I would love to hear more uh, interviews with you. But I would like in the meantime, I'm like, well, I'm just going to talk to you myself. So we should we should call each other at night more as we're going. <laughs> Don't tell people that because we already do, right? That's right. Um, um, what are you drinking tonight? You have a very interesting looking drink in your hand. So I, I have a friend who is making his own uh, cocktails and he sells them and I buy them by the bottle. This is um, coconut and then five different types of rum. Oh, wow. Um, including 151. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's powerful. So it's delicious. Hmm. I, it feels like Florida, Nathan. Interesting. Okay. Um, someone says that I'm very quiet. Is everyone else having trouble hearing me? Um, I've got quite a few comments here. And uh, if anyone else is having, Janelle says, I can hear Alan very well, but Nathan, you're, you're pretty quiet. I, I will try to speak up. I'll okay. try to be a little louder because I don't know how to, any, any other way to fix it. Maybe but, hold uh, the mic, like, you know. Yeah, maybe right. you can get it a little bit closer. Oh, in my ear, you sounded better doing that. Oh, did I? Okay, yeah. It could be that these are old earphones or something. I um I feel like I'm out of date because I have you know AirPods wireless things to to use that I've are better headphones than this. But yeah. This has been the most consistent over time is just using the wired uh, headphones. So I've stuck with it despite yeah. you know not being as quite cool looking as as the uh, the newer fancier stuff. Yeah, I saw um, somebody recently on your show who was wireless and that was awesome. Okay. Marilyn says, I can hear both. Alan is louder. Okay. As long as, as, long as we're audible, that's, that's good enough. Yeah. And I apologize to any pod, podcast listeners who are having to adjust the volume every time one of us speaks. And that's, that, is, uh, that can be irritating. So. No. Um, but yeah, so you have a friend who makes their own cocktails that sounds delicious. Um, what a great business to be in. Oh, right yeah. Now. So he's a teacher, and so he's out of work. And so we go hang out at his house and smoke cigars and play poker and... He's always been supplying us with cocktails, and now he puts it in a bottle, and every once in a while, I'll get a, a message that says, hey, Alan, check your mailbox, and there is a bottle of wonderful goodness in it. That is an excellent friend. He is an excellent friend. 
You know, and I went with a rum drink tonight too. I went with the yep. uh, the dark and stormy. I have a oh, did you? yeah. I have a, uh, a new bottle of Ronza Kappa, which is my favorite spiced rum that okay. I just picked up today, which is delicious. Has a little bit of a bite to it. So so you you poured um, that into ginger beer, is that ginger right? Ginger beer, yeah, ginger beer, and usually a little bit of lime. What kind of ginger beer did you use? I have that right here. This is the. Fever tree. Yeah, I use that too because I think it's less sweet. That and there's another yeah. one I like. Because uh, Dark and Stormy can get a little too sweet it can. sometimes. Yeah, you know? I agree. You don't want it super sugary. That's right. Yeah. Gotta have a man drink. You know, can't have, right. can't have too much sugar. I, I do not have a man drink. <laughs> I should have brought bourbon. Uh, that's funny. No, I think uh, I think Ernie was drinking bourbon last night, so I think we covered the Ernie or last week okay. rather. Um, in the, so maybe we had the bourbon base covered recently. So how trying cool! To, trying to get some how range. cool is Ernie? Ernie is the coolest. That's I remember cool. him. I saw him. At, we were at a conference, and I saw him, and he. I thought he was the best dressed person there. Mm. And I remember thinking I would like to meet that guy based solely on his shirts. <laughs> uh, turns out he's a really great guy too. He is. Yeah. Yeah, he also has, he can go deep as well. We commented about that on the, on the show. He yeah. has a, another deep well of cool that you can yeah. plumb. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I watched some of that. Ernie Dempsey, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, so we promised people that we would talk a little bit about what you write, and specifically one of the reasons why I was happy to have you on the show was to geek out about the genres that you're in. You okay. have a couple of different names that you write under you write as uh alan lee so you've got some thrillers there um mm -hmm. and you also have your alan janney name which you do a couple of things one of which is mysteries and well that's alan lee is both thriller and mystery the alan janney is for younger readers okay so that's your younger adult that's your superheroes yeah. and then al janney is a different one al janney <clears throat> is uh is just alan janney sometimes it shows up differently I, and i I just should have kept it the same, but those are all for younger readers. Okay. Alan J. Al Janney. Okay, but your your younger reader does have a mystery series, right? Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like in the way that each Harry Potter book was kind of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, same, same here. Okay, okay, and this yeah. gets to the heart of what I wanted to talk about in, in this episode, which is the difference yeah. between thrillers and yeah. mysteries, and then also. Um, Suspense, because this week okay. I was putting out a new novella and I was doing my keyword research as authors do, and trying to find cor correct categories to put this thing in. I have mm -hmm. a you know a female sleuth detective, you know a special agent in the FBI. And I'm like, what are the what are the right categories to put this type of book? Yeah, and it can get a little confusing sometimes. But as mm -hmm. someone who has not grown up uh, reading thrillers necessarily, I've written, I've probably read some and not known it. Yeah. Um, what is your definition of the difference between a thriller and a mystery? Sure, that's easy. A mystery, the bad thing has already happened. In a thriller, the bad thing is going to happen if the hero can't solve it. So a cla you know, it's funny. Kids, we all read mysteries when we're young. Um, that's kind of what the Hardy Boys, uh, Nancy Drew, we uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. This bad thing has happened. Now. Who who did it and how they do it? Uh, you know where's the where's the person who's you know kidnapped? You know, um, and a thriller is can the hero prevent the bad thing? And the other thing about that is we can the hero endure endure the suffering it takes to prevent it? So there's a reason 
James Bond gets captured and beaten up every movie mm-hmm. and every book. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to prevent something, and he has to earn it. It has to cost. Okay. So bad thing at the beginning or bad thing at the end. And that kind of makes sense with, I mean, I know you're a fellow Story Grid listener. You listen to that podcast yeah. as well. They talked about the idea of the, Disciple, hero, yeah. the hero at the mercy of the villain scene mm-hmm. as being a, an essential action story elements and thriller yeah um would you agree that that's an essential part of a thriller it is especially in a thriller even more so than a mystery um it's just it's gotta happen i don't know why it's we're hardwired in such a way that we need it real bad okay well that makes sense someone else had explained it to me as in a mystery the hero is the one doing the the chasing whereas in the thriller the hero is the one being chased often yeah. Um, either by some sort of agency or something. There's usually some uh-huh. higher, bigger power that's pursuing them, right. um, putting them in danger. And that made sense to me, too. But I like your definition even better, I think, as far as it's, it's just cleaner. Bad things already happened versus bad things going to happen. That, yeah. I, I do like that, though. I, I've never heard it said that way. Uh, a mystery is a more um, – it's almost like a holy genre because there is chaos and the mystery is is bringing order out of it, um, and so that's uh, I like that's another way to think of it too. Do you see a difference in the protagonists for the two, uh, like a standard difference of of character in terms of who is the protagonist in either of these roles? Yeah, the a mystery usually not always we only know what the hero knows mm-hmm. because it's a mystery. Uh, we're kind of learning clues as the hero does. And so for that to work, for that to be engaging and fun, um, usually we're inside the hero's head and it's got to be clever. We've got to really like this hero. And yeah. so usually they're, maybe their um, personalities are a little bigger. Um, and um, whereas a, a guy chasing people around, uh, we're a thriller we could be jumping around different scenes and we don't really know what James Bond thinks. We just like how he looks in a suit, you know, whereas, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think that, um, you know, of course, Hercule Poirot, um, uh, Charles, Mm -hmm. these are kind of, uh, detectives who do have a larger than life presence where you, um, they're fascinating on their own as individuals. They are. That's exactly right. Yeah. And whereas, yeah, like the Jason Bournes, yeah, they're somewhat interesting, but he's trying to solve his own backstory. He doesn't even know about his, his own yeah. backstory at the time. He's, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, his, I guess maybe his story is more interesting than he is as a person. Yeah, that's true. Um, that, that's more of a suspense than a thriller if we want to get really nitty gritty. Okay. So that's, yeah, that was yeah. one of the other questions I want to ask is what's the difference yeah. between a suspense and a thriller? So a lot of times uh, a suspense is just um, – well, for example, uh, uh, like a Jason Bourne is kind of just a chase scene through a lot of it. Um, yeah. And he's just kind of on the run and trying to figure it out as he goes. Um, and so that's kind of a, a suspenseful thing too because you can have a thriller without a lot of suspense sometimes. Yeah. Um I don't Lucy, know if that's true. Lucy's, oh. Lucy's score is watching, so you better um, change. If you're going to change your answer, you better do it now. Um, no. Our good Lucy, Lucy score is like my boss, so I'll, I'll be careful. <laughs> um, yeah, we all we all wish we could be as, as cool as Lucy. Um, so suspense, 
So when I'm when I'm choosing, because uh, it's very possible that my story might fit into a variety of these categories. Definitely, absolutely. But I could see that being a pitfall, thinking, oh no, my story fits in all these categories. When in reality, we are learning as indies that it is sometimes much more important to find your niche. And, yeah, and your essential re readers who will really like what you're writing, and not try to spread yourself too thin across a, a bazillion categories. And it seems like yeah. it's easy to do that here. Like, oh yeah, it's a mystery thriller suspense. Which one is it more? So how do yeah, you define? Yeah. Where's your hierarchy of of, of uh, determining what it really is? Um, so I learned this from StoryGrid, which I cannot recommend highly enough, even for seasoned pros. Um, you got to have a certain scenes in your mind. Uh, if you don't know exactly what's going to happen, try to get certain scenes in your mind. And one of them is probably how it's going to end. And so as you're picturing your story ending, is it going to be a the good guy gets there just in the nick of time? Or is it going to be like a reveal where the hero says, okay, and now let me tell you exactly what happened that caused this whole thing. And if you... Uh, know which slot that ending falls into, you know what kind of story you have. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Knives Out, pretty classic mystery structure at the end, even though there is some action at the end. Um, yeah. It's the big reveal. Uh, great. Um, the mystery, or the Murder on the Orient Express, classic mystery. Uh -huh. um, I watched at your... Uh, suggestion I rewatched The Nice Guys the other day because I know that's a, a yeah. movie that you think is well written. It is. Very. And um, I just rewatched it a couple nights ago. Um, they call that, they classify that in the in the blurb as a period thriller because it's in the 70s. Yeah. Um, do you agree that that's a, a pretty straight thriller? Thriller. <clears throat> uh, you know, it's. I would probably. If we wanted to get really into the weeds, I'd say that's a mystery because mm -hmm. something has happened and we don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a body in the very first scene. Yeah, and we don't. Yeah. There's a big reveal at. The, well, so again, you can we can break rules. For example, you just said Knives Out, which is a great show, great yeah. movie, uh, is classic, but it's really it's not quite as classic as we think because it looks like it's going to be classic, and then uh, the director kind of tells us who did it very early on. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did not expect that, and so it, it doesn't go from who done it. It goes to can this person get away with it, yeah. um, which is really interesting. It's more of a how done it, why done yeah. it, than a, yeah. than a who done it. Yeah, that's right. I think a that's, why, that's why done it is. Uh, yeah. Probably, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, would you have you seen? Did you watch a, a Simple Favor? I did Maybe because you told me to. Would you consider that suspense? Oh, you know, probably. Um, and for people who haven't seen it, this is, I mean, there's someone who goes missing. Um, there may or may not be a murder. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's not really, there is something bad that happens at the beginning, but that's not what the story is kind of about. It's, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of suspenseful because we're not trying to prevent something. It's not like the bad guy's going about to blow up a world or anything. It's yeah. just this kind of character is under a lot of stress and what's what's happening and what's going on. Yeah, that's a great. And is this person going to come back um, yeah. and find out what's been done while they're gone? That I think maybe that uh, there's a lot of tension 
in that. Yeah. I, I would imagine that tension is a big part of suspense. Yeah. If you're writing a suspense thriller, that there has to be just constant tension and pressure and increased pressure. Yeah, which is hard to do. Yeah. If you know how to do that, let me know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which we should I should ask that question is so as a person who I have not written, um, there are mystery elements, there are thriller elements in the stories that I write. I write time travel mm -hmm. adventure stories, and oftentimes adventures involve mystery elements, things that need to be solved. And I recently wrote um, like a novella that was basically a, a female detective who was trying to solve these mysterious murders, etc. But I'm very new to this, and I would like to write more detective stories because I think they're fascinating and I think they're really fun. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of advice, but for someone just starting out, trying to yeah. figure out whether they want to write mystery, whether they want to write thriller, what were some of the guiding things that guided you into it, and what would, you, would your advice be for a newbie? Sure. Uh, by the way, let me plug real quick at the end of this episode. If anybody's going to watch this whole way through, don't turn it off. I'm going to give Nathan a quiz, and we're going <laughs> to see who wins, me or Nathan. But um, oh, gosh. Oh, so that's the advice is pretty simple. Read a lot of mystery books. Uh, in my opinion, you need to know who done it, um, and you are going to be kind of leaving clues. You know, it's it's very bizarre. In every book I write, I have a moment of panic where I think, of course, the reader has figured this out. Yeah. Uh, and that I never get emails saying I figured it out early. Um, yeah. And when I read my reviews, I never see that. And so we as writers sometimes think that our readers have a this they can peer into our minds and they can't. Uh, and so so I would say write, uh, read a lot, know what you need to know who done it, but also be comforted. <laughs> They don't. They probably usually won't figure it out, which I would think they do, but they don't. I even one of my whodunits, I gave it away early on with the last name, and if you're paying attention to names, you get it. Uh, and nobody got it, which is cool. Yeah, just based on what the name was, was it was a giveaway? Yeah. So if you're focusing, you figured, oh wait, that's the last name. If if you're kind of paying any attention to names, you yeah. got it. Yeah. And so I thought, well, it's okay if everybody gets this one, and I, nobody does, which is cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's great that people can look back. I love aha moments where, yeah, um, absolutely. Like I've geeked out about this many times in the show, but like the, the movie Zootopia, for example, first time I watched it, I'm like, at the end of that that movie, I was like, but wait a minute, why would the villain do this? That doesn't make any. And I rewound in my mind, and I yeah. got to the point where like. Oh, and my mind was all of a sudden blown. We're like, yeah, that's why, and it makes complete sense because you, you're, you are being thrown red herrings along the way, of course, mm. by by the writers who are giving you information that is not necessarily false, but it's leading you down a trail that yeah. is so well done that you think that's the trail, and how that's else right. could it be any other trail? And um, I, yeah, I think that's that is a gift uh, to be able to to hide things in plain sight. One of my favorite ones, of course, is um, in the Harry Potter series, Remus Lupin. Like Remus of Romulus and Remus was obviously raised by wolves, and then Lupin is so Lupin, close right. to Canis Lupus. You know, like how could he not be a werewolf? Yeah. Like, just with that name, like it just seems like that is an obvious werewolf name or yeah. something very wolfy. So, but by the end of the, you don't know it until the first time you watch the film or, or read the book. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, that makes complete sense. But it is a, an after, yeah. it's a hindsight thing. That's right. 
It's like Darth Darth Vader. You know, it kind of means Dark Father. Well, we oh, probably should have figured true. it out. Yeah. And nobody, nobody did. Yeah. Which yeah. is, um, I think those are the layers that the writer gets to have fun with. Yeah. Um, where you say, how much can I get away with going back and yeah. um, adding context? and, and Yeah. Let me let me blaspheme here for a second. Okay. Uh, like the the queen of this genre is Agatha Christie, yeah, and she cheats sometimes. So, <clears throat> uh, for example, just one example, and I'll try not to ruin this. There, she has a great book called "And Then There Were None," I think, and it's a murder mystery that takes place on an island, okay. and people are dying, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Here's a spoiler, mild spoiler: you can't. Uh, not until mm. after after the mystery's over, she kind of reveals some things that you're like, well, that's it's a great book, but there's no way to figure it out because you, you, you couldn't have that. figured it out because you weren't given enough of the pieces. That's right, and she does that occasionally where she cheats, yeah. and um, it's one way I think a good mystery writer can stand out. Where, um, like on a second read through, a reader will go. Oh, there it is. I should have seen it. Yeah. And you can't do that with some of hers. So. Yeah. Yeah, the clues should be there. Yes. It should be solvable. Okay. So that's that's a good tip for Which again out. is hard to do yeah. well um because you don't want to give too much away. So. Who are your favorite mystery writers? Who are the ones so, that like, influence you the most? In in uh in the mystery genre, I really like private detectives. So, um, and all, all of them are dying recently. Um, Sue Grafton died recently. She had the Alphabet Mystery Series with Kinsey Milhone. Okay. Um, a is for Alibi, B is for Burglar. Um, my favorite of all time is Robert Parker, and I think he's the best. He's called the Dean of Modern Crime Fiction. Okay. Um, he had a, a private detective named Spencer who had a TV series based off okay. of him in the, in the 80s, and they just came out with a Netflix I watched it, yeah. Oh, Spencer you shouldn't. It's, um, you find any Spencer fan, and they will be mad about that show. It's I don't even know why they called it Spencer. They just got the names right. That was it. Yeah, so. Well, that's good, though, because I, sometimes I like watching the movie first and then going back because it's a, an uphill. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm getting more from it as opposed to yeah. going the other way where I, I think sometimes it's actually better to watch the film first and then go back and read the book. So if you're if you get into this, go back and read some Robert Parker in the '80s and '90s. Uh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Robert, a guy named Robert Crace, C R A I S, is still doing it. Um, and he's he's funny. Harlan okay. Coben, he does it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I've got a lot of reading to do. Um, yeah, me too. It's. Um, I think that it, it can't be underestimated how important it is to, to read in a genre and be well-versed in a genre before you put your yeah. toes in there and just start writing things. Um, yeah. Because I have, I have aspirations to write a private investigator type story. Oh, cool. Um, so which is why I'm just in the very beginning newbie stages of like geeking out yeah. about all this stuff and yeah. trying to learn. I was just on a website the other day looking up how do you become a private investigator looking at books and reading books. I'm, I think I'm going to take a class Nick. there's you? a class offers $400 yeah. I think I'm going to become a licensed private investigator uh, oh, so I, can, I know it's so cool I want to go through the journey with you oh, I like follow along and like hear about your we progress sh we should and we talk about how uh, it's much harder than it looks but Nathan you want to know something interesting about me 
Yeah. I don't know if you can see that, but my cheeks are turning a little pink right here. Yeah. I have a weird thing. Just a drop of alcohol and my cheeks turn pink. So. That is adorable. I know. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> a panda or something. And uh, it's the worst. Uh, that's fun facts about Alan Janney. Only heard it here, folks. This is uh, it. It's humiliating. I bet you won't hear that on the Six Figure Author Podcast. Um, but you may, tell those ladies. you may hear about your cool journey that you have been on of late um, to join the elite ranks of the Six Figure Authors. Um, you've had a pretty big year this, this past year. Do you want to yeah, talk a little bit about some of the things that you shifted gears on a few things and really yeah. ramped up your your author yeah. career this past year? You want to talk on, about some of the highlights? Sure. So here's a fun fact. Um, I sold my 50,000th book maybe like a year and a half ago. I was pretty pumped about selling my 50,000th book. And um, <clears throat> I had gotten started in like early 2015, and I happened to notice my first book came around the si out the same time as an author named David Archer. And David Archer is – you've probably seen him on Amazon. He sells a lot of books, and I've, I don't know him. I've never met him. I'd like to. But, um, and so I'm pretty pumped. We sold my 50,000th book, and I notice around the time I'm celebrating that he has announced he has sold his millionth book. I'm like, oh my gosh, we came out approximately the same time. What is he doing? And I realized that I was jumping around genres and different pen names. Mm -hmm. And um, I, had a, I had a podcast and I was doing various things. And I, I was you're, not... You're telling the story of my life. Go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> again, so I, I decided that I was going to change my priorities. And you're, you and I might have different priorities. But I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so I kind of buckled down, and I, and I loved mysteries and thrillers, so I decided I was going to do that. I was going to have two series that fed into each other. Mm -hmm. I was going to get somebody to do marketing for me because I wasn't very good at it. And uh, based on your suggestion, I think it was, I, I hired Nick, who's great. Yep. Um, he's the show twice. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's a lot smarter than me, and he has, uh, he has done a lot for my career. And I got – I just focused on writing – a lot of good novels in a hurry, and um, and with you well-timed promotions, and it's it's been a great year for me. Okay, twelve we just, months. We just had some some breaking news here from um, Lucy, who said, "Mr. Lucy worked as an investigator for a PI for years before become, becoming a publishing mogul." Did he? Which is more reasons to love Mr. Lucy. We I thought we already Mr. we thought we already loved him as much as we could. That's right. Tim is so great. We just geek out now. We have Tim. I met him and I didn't hug him and I, I regret it. What? I know. He's very huggable. I know. He's like a big bear. How did I not hug that guy? <laughs> Ugh. Uh, yeah, well, he's obviously cooler than, than we are because he's, yeah. he's worked for it's a guy. Um, one of my other, one of my very first ever guests of the show, I think episode two, April White. She was also a private investigator, and I need to go and pick her brain about. She she has an amazing resume of awesomeness too. It's so cool sometimes hearing some of these authors and like what they did before they become authors and yeah. how cool their other private lives have been. You know, it's funny. I recently went to a, a gun range, a firing range, and fired some of the guns that my characters use, like the same gun. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized just. <laughs> How little I knew, 
how unrealistic some of the stuff my characters do yeah. <laughs> is. Um, and also, I, I'm reading a book right now by Elmore Leonard, who's a classic. Amazing, yeah. he, okay, so he wrote Get Shorty, which has been made in the movie twice. He wrote a book called Out of Sight, mm-hmm. which was a uh, Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney movie. movie. It's a great movie. Great, and great and movie. The, the book is is it's they they adapted the, the movie really well uh, but i realized something i don't know if elmore leonard this great crime writer ever fired a gun uh he has he's doing some pretty unrealistic stuff he has his main character fire a gun inside of a car trunk which i read through straight over it and didn't think about it yeah. until i'm at a firing range recently and i took off my uh, you know ear protection yeah. once and a guy fired a nine millimeter not far away from me. Yeah. And I, I almost went deaf. Yeah. Firing a gun loud. inside of a car trunk, you I think you might go deaf. Right. And uh, I'm just realizing how many crime writers are like me, and like we all, we're not tough yeah. enough to be a private investigator or law enforcement. Um, so <laughs> anybody right. can do it. I'm living proof. I should give a shout out to the Cops and Writers Facebook group um, because if you guys haven't already checked it out, um, you want to go go visit Cops and Writers. And there's also um, a book out, and it's just like if you want to fact check yourself against you know real with real law enforcement officers and people who are in the group who can be like, yeah, by the way, this is garbage. This is garbage. They can tell you all the shows that do it terribly and why they do it terribly. Um, Definitely. Check that out. Patrick's been on the show yeah. before, and uh, he's he's yeah, of course, has a book out called Cops and Writers. Um, but yeah, we all butcher it. I think as yeah, novelists. we do. Like we, it's like our full time job is to butcher law enforcement. Um, That's right, we do. Janelle says, "Guns fired inside a gun rage are scary loud. I can't do indoor gun rages; they scare the mess out of me." Yeah, yeah, um, but I think that's a very valid point that we have to. We are making things up most of the time, but there are some things that you should have some experience with, and that's something that's available to anyone. Anyone can go to a gun range, rent a gun, get some ammo, and go fire off a few rounds just to feel what it's like, just to understand it. Um, That's valuable research, and if you're going to be in the genre, there's hardly probably any thrillers, that modern-day contemporary thrillers, that aren't going to involve some sort of That's right. The guy who took me is a buddy of mine, and he reads what I write, and he's a great guy. <laughs> he might have taken me because he realized I sound like an idiot in some of them where <laughs> things are happening that just happen. We just can't let this go on anymore, Alan. This is a tragedy what this guy's doing. No, I think that's um, that's that's valid. That's, that's important to, yeah. be to do research. Um, yeah. I love that one. I read um, Fire in the Hole, of course, because I love Justified. Mm. Which is based off of one of his um, short stories, "Fire in the Hole." His, oh, his, oh, I didn't know that. Did you? You've never uh, watched Justified? I've never watched Justified. So I know this. The dialogue is amazing, and the relationship between the hero and the antagonist is amazing because yeah. of their chemistry. Their on-screen on-screen chemistry is amazing. Um, I want to say episode seasons like four. Three and four yeah. are a little weaker because the villains are a little weaker, but the series overall, there's six seasons, and it's amazing. And like I said, it's based on Elmore Leonard's writing. So okay. you know it's it's good. The first episode, the pilot episode, is basically Fire in the Hole. Um, it is his short story, almost word for word. And uh, the only thing they changed is at the end, the villain is should have died 
but they actually he did such a good job in the role that they kept him on as like the ongoing series villain as opposed to killing him off. All right, I just I brought it up on my um, web browser. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it soon. Thank there, you for the recommendation. There are very few TV shows that I've been binge watched. It's not something yeah. that I do very often. Uh, yeah, unless they're only Same. like eight episodes long. This is one that I plow okay. through. Great. Do not regret. Good. Um, because he's one of those like classic prototypical cool guy heroes too. Like he's just okay. Uh, modern day cowboy. But excellent. Yeah, I think you would like him because he has uh, he has depth, he has depths of cool, probably not nearly as deep as yours. Yeah. But he has. Even fifty percent yeah. would be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, how do you gauge fifty percent of an unfathomable depth of cool? Like that's <laughs> what is fifty percent of infinity? That's yeah. a good question. That's a solid question. Um, so besides, okay, so let me just run through the, the, the highlighter notes here real quick of things that okay. you did this past year. Okay. Hired Nick. Yeah. Got, you know, farmed out some marketing. That's a smart move. Yeah. Focused, of course, on writing more books more frequently. I, that's right. Also, you know, better books more often. What's your schedule? How many books uh, a year are you trying to put out right now? Um... So I had a I wrote in a book that came out in January of last year, 2019. I'm going to put out five book this five books this year. Mm-hmm. That was my big scary goal, and I didn't do it. I think I got four, and the other one came out in January. But I can't, I just can't do that. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. And I um, I my brain won't let me move on from bad pages. Mm-hmm. I should be able to write poorly and go back and edit. Yeah. But by the time I'm done with the page, it needs to be pretty good. And so I write maybe slower than I'd like to. So probably from here on out, three or four books a year. Um, and I write, I write kind of shorter stuff. I have, I have ADD, so stuff, stuff needs to happen faster on board. Um, so yeah, and so f- I focus in on mystery and thrillers, and not jumping around, sticking with my wheelhouse, and yeah. And um, ADD is not something I normally would associate with someone who's a writer. So yeah. like, how do you deal with that? How do you stay on task long enough to yeah. complete? Because novels are a long-term goal. They are, um, and if you read my stuff. There's not a lot of like descriptions of the trees, you know. <laughs> There's not a lot of fluff. There's not a lot of fill, uh, filler. I can't do it. Um, I don't want a lot of different branches going on, side plots. I, I want to know what the author, excuse me, what the narrator is doing. I want him to be clever and funny, and I want him to be a man or a woman of action. Mm-hmm. And I want it to happen quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the trick is how much meaning, how much depth can we get into that? Can we stuff into that book? So all of my um, all of my books have pretty deep stuff going on, like just like in Knives Out. You know, Knives Out at one point is a whodunit, but you look a little bit deeper, and it's a story of this uh, family falling apart and what it takes uh, to to make it in America and how – it's actually a bad thing if you come from money and you look a little bit deeper under that and it's a critique mm-hmm. kind of of America. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm doing this, I'm trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think those are the best stories where you can, okay, you can get one thing out of the story and you go back and rewatch it and you get an entirely yeah. different thing or read, yeah. a, read a different thing. Um, 
again, why I always geek out about Zootopia because there's like you know seven yeah. layers to that. Um, which I was going to ask you, one of your books you have labeled as an action mystery. Yeah, so there's cozy mysteries where nobody dies, and there's uh, you know. I, I want people to know there's going to be fistfights. There's going to be shootouts. It's a mystery, and there's somebody who's trying to solve something, but there's, there's a lot of action going on, too. Is that a lesson you've learned from reviews of being like, hey, there's too much action in this? This isn't a mystery? Has someone come up and said that um, you've had to kind of rebrand? Maybe. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the case. I think I just realized, how can I, how can I get this point across? And I might have learned this from looking at other authors, too, who have... We're doing it too. It's not just a mystery. It's not a cozy mystery. It's an action mystery. So. Well, we did. I mean, at, at Nink this past year, you know, we both listened to Dave Chesson tell us about the That's importance right. of a subtitle and how right. in, how incredibly you know um, relevant those keywords are that you put in a subtitle. They are more relevant than anything you put in your blurb. They're probably more relevant than anything you put in your back matter. Um, so a subtitle can be. Yeah, you know, people figure out like they're one of the only things your your reader, your prospective reader is gonna definitely see. That's right. They've probably seen it on your ad, and they've probably seen it on the you know when they first click on your page, and they may or may not read anything else. They might That's right. Get your, they hopefully get your tagline, and then yeah. I know. Here's here's a good example. This I'm so humiliated by this. This happened this week. I had somebody uh, message me and say, "Hey, in your book one." You don't say West Coast. You say West Coach. That has been on my book one product information for five years. On the on the sales page? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. West Coach for five years. How oh, that's rough. and nobody's ever said anything. Yeah. And I've read it a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, I'm just the worst human being ever. Um, so that no, it's okay. I, I, if it makes oh. you feel any better, I stayed up late last night, way past my bedtime, because I had a, a quality control notice pop up on one of my books where someone uh, had gone through and found yeah. some typos, and it was like um, drought was spelled D R A U G H T as opposed to D R O U G H T because there's mm -hmm. a draft, you know, versus draft. And I had spelled it correctly like three paragraphs earlier, and then they had flagged it the second time because so I put the A instead of the O and a couple of other yeah. typos they had found and they had, they didn't email me about it. They just quality controlled my book. And I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta fix this. Yeah. And um things like that that like are you know I mean I don't know how many thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have read read the book and not noticed or not cared. But yeah. That's right. But on a sales very, page that's that's rough too. That's very few of us. You know, you've uh, you've you've uh, mentioned the the quiz that I'm gonna give you in a minute. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to pass a um, editing challenge too. Very very light one, but I would be terrified if I hadn't already had like three drinks. So I really <laughs> don't care. Um, my friend Ron and I are prepared. Ron, gotcha. Glad. Yeah, Ron's a kappa. All you have to do is get six correct, and you beat me. So. It'll be fine. How, how many questions are there? I have to get six out ten. of how many? Got to get six out of ten. Ooh, ten questions? Mm -hmm. Man, I don't think you gave Todd that many questions. No, I only gave him five, but... Ah, yeah. I'm mad at him, so... <laughs> Todd needs to finish his book already. He needs to finish his book. Yeah, yeah, I, we agree. Todd's probably not watching this. He's, he's uh... He's probably hard at work. <laughs> Let's hope Todd is hard at work. Uh, not watching this show. Get back to work, Todd. 
you're, if you're watching this, get back to work. Todd Hodges fans, we are <laughs> to him. We're trying to get that third book out. Oh you're welcome. Oh my gosh, we we give him a hard time. We also get we we love Todd, and this is why it's it's a it's tough love. So we wouldn't discipline him if we didn't love him. <laughs> Uh, next week, I have uh, Jamie Albright on, and we're talking about like um, who's amazing, and we're um, we're gonna be talking about like what it's like publishing a book a year, like like she and I do. Uh -huh. But then I'll have to eventually have Todd on. Like, uh, what's it like publishing a book every four years, Todd? Every yeah, that's right. <laughs> 2014, 2017, yeah. and 2020. And later oh. on, I'll eventually get to uh, Patrick Rothfuss and uh, George R. R. Martin, who are like gotcha. you know publish once every decade. Yeah, yeah. Todd. Todd has picked unfortunate heroes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we should probably get to this quiz before I have the rest of this drink. Otherwise, I'm not Let's do it, that. Nathan. Here is your quiz. Okay. Are you ready, sir? Not you get six of these right, you win. You get five or less, and I win. Here we go. Okay. Number one, Nathan Van Koops with the beautiful hair. <clears throat> We've been talking about the movie Knives Out, which is kind of an homage to Agatha Christie. It's directed by Ryan Johnson. I think it's Rain Johnson. Rain Johnson. Excuse me, I have a typo here. How about that? Uh, can you... Ryan. It could be Ryan. It's, is it R-A-A-N? Uh, let, let's focus, Nathan Van Kips. <laughs> it could be Ryan, actually. It'd just be an unusual story. He also Butcher has directed yep. a time travel movie. Name that time travel movie. Just, just the director. Do you understand was, how many time travel movies I've seen? I've. You're looking at a catalog. I've seen like a lot of time travel films. You, you want me to know which one he directed? He directed one. Do I get any more clues? If you like, I can give you a clue. I would like a clue, please. Came out about ten years ago. Okay, ten years ago, time travel film. Yeah, and it was very well received. If Ryan and or Rain Johnson may mm -hmm. or may not have directed. Well, it did direct. Okay. He did direct it. So you're looking into my knowledge of films from 10 years, time travel films 10 time years Time traveled films, that's right. And I knew you were a fan of uh, Knives Out, so. Fan of Knives Out, this is true. Um, so if I think of time travel films from 10 years ago, the things that were influencing me back then... I would probably say, this is, I'm guessing this is wrong. Okay. Uh, you get three guesses, then we move on. How about that? Uh, the Butterfly Effect? No. Um, this was 10 years ago. That was probably 15 years ago, actually. That was probably the 90s. Butterfly Effect's probably that old. Um, what year was, let's say, 10 years ago? Remember, approximately 10. It's no more than 15. It's over five, let's say 10. Okay, so 2010-ish. Yeah. Mm, three time travel guesses. Um, I don't think he guessed he did Primer, but Primer? No. Which is an amazing time travel film if anyone hasn't seen it. Mm, I don't think I'm going to get this one. I don't think Ryan Johnson. Yeah. What is the name of the film? The name of the film is Looper. Oh, he, he directed Looper? Are yeah. You, I own Looper. Looper. I, I've watched that so many times. It's actually one yeah. of the films like, it's in my Amazon Prime right now. I've watched it so much. Which I, I, I have issues with Looper. And yeah. we could get in... Mm, yeah, the fact that like he carves things on his arm and it shows up later. Uh, there's, some, <laughs> there's some very problematic areas in that yeah. film. Although I, I really respect the acting. Um, yeah. 
that the kid does for the yeah, not Bruce Willis's necessary. He, he looks like the whole. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, they only did prosthetics on one actor. Um, yeah, and they didn't make Bruce Willis look like the other guy. What is his yeah. name? Um, he actually from Inception. Does a, he does a voice in uh, Knives Out too. Um, I forget names. his name. It's, it's a three name name. Yeah, I forget his name. I'm quizzing you right now, Alan. Why are Qu- we- Question number two, Nathan Van Koops. I have Alan Janney has one point, Nathan Van Koops has no points. Here we go. Ready? Gosh, Your next goodness. question is about a lovely novel called In Times Like These. Mm, I've heard of it. Can you, <clears throat> it's written by Nathan Van Koops for those who don't know, can you tell me the first line, it's the opening line of In Times Like These? I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me that one. I was really going to hope you were going to ask me about the Chronothon <laughs> because the Chronothon is actually my favorite opening line. My second <laughs> book is. Um, I feel very alive for for uh, considering I haven't been born yet. That's my favorite line that I've written. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's much better because my first line of in times like these is actually really long and kind of like get close. <sighs> okay, well I have far too much of my life in my arms. All right, phone that's good. Starts ringing to. That's exactly right. My character's got his arms full of stuff, and he's trying to answer his phone at the same time as he's going in the front door of his. And he drops right. every, he drops everything except the junk mail. Very good. One to one. Okay. Question number three. Tom Cruise stars in the time traveling adventure with Emily Blunt. He does. Yeah. It was in the movie theater titled The Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It has since been renamed for home viewing. Can yeah. you name the new name? Yes, I can name Live Di- uh, I'm sorry. Live, die, repeat is the hard. That's right. Was they reading? That's right. However, however, can you name the novel it was originally adapted from? I can. It's a Japanese novel, I think, and it's in. Oh, I really like this movie. Um, Points. It's a great, great film. You're, you're, I'm, I'm supposed to be quizzing you. Um, it's not live, die, repeat, and it's not the edge of tomorrow. Nope. It's. I can picture the cover. It's a guy kind of standing with a suit. It's like I think it's it's animated. I can't remember. It's all you need is kill. All you need is kill. I would have got there. Great title. All right, Nathan, two points. Alan Janney, one point. Question number four. Please name three people in your also bot list. Ooh, I love my I love my also bots. Um, I hope Sean Inman's in there because he's just a a Sean Inman is in there. Wonderful human being. Name two more. Um. Probably one of the the Richards. Um, what is um, there's a couple of Richards in there. What is, what is um, Dennis? No, hang on. Let me think about my my also boss just for a second. I would love it if Jody Taylor's in there. Sometimes Jody Taylor is in there. Hey, all right, there we go. One more. Um, I have to name one more out of. More. There's probably six or so. Um, There's uh, 12, twelve people that you can choose from. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, let's see. So who are so Sean Inman for sure? Um, let's try. I hope the, I hope she's in there. Is Risa Walker in there? Uh, she's not. I know who you're talking about. I actually met her, but she's not in there. Ah, bummer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's a fail for me. Um. You can get one Doug, more guess. Douglas Richards? This is right. Douglas Richards. Very good. Okay. 
Yeah, I think right. that's the Douglas. That's the Richards. I was thinking. There's, a, there's, another, there's another Richards in there somewhere. But. You know, because I'm losing, I'm actually going to give that to me because you guessed wrong. So it's two to two. Although I got two out of the three. You gave me a three-part question, which is oh. challenging. It's not just like a one answer. So it's got, tough to be an indie author, Nathan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> question number five is two to two, and yeah. I'm going to say this <clears throat> word wrong, but I'm going to try to. Can you please tell me what an aileron does? Absolutely, I can. Uh, Tell us what an aileron is and what it does, and I have I have it in front of me, so I'll know if you're a liar. All right. Well, aileron is a French word uh, for a control surface on your the wings of your airplane that control ah, the roll around your longitudinal axis of your aircraft. Good gosh, how did you even know the epitome? Good. <laughs> good. All you're right. not going to stump me on airplane stuff. Good. Good for you, good Superman. Three to two. All right. Question number six, please give me the title of this book, and here's the plot. Right. It's about a man who goes to sleep and wakes up 20 years in the future to discover his wife has died and his little girl is an adult. Name that novel. Kirk Van Winkle? Dang it. Nice. Very good. Okay. Oof, that, was, uh, that was, and as I'm planning these out, that one was supposed to be for me. Good for you. Yeah. Four to two in your favor. Question number seven. When she was born, how much did Pipper Grace weigh? Pepper Grace weighed ooh, uh, eight pounds and how many? Do I need just the pounds or do I need the pounds? No, you need ounces too. And let me give you a hint. Here is your hint. Yeah. Grace is your daughter. Yes, I do know that. Yes. True. Uh, I'm going to say eight pounds three ounces. Oh, that's very close. I believe the answer is two ounces. <sighs> Bummer. Okay, I, got I should know that. Scouring your lovely wife's Facebook page. Yeah, as you should. Sure. Her, right. Instagram is, her Instagram is actually way better than mine. Um, and she's... Did you go on her Instagram or her Facebook? Facebook. I don't think she's very active on Facebook. She, does, she has abandoned Facebook entirely. Follow her on yeah. Instagram. She's amazing. She actually yeah. uh, has some really good recipes on cooking. Anyway. I will. I met her. She was a delight. She's lovely. <sighs> Question number eight. I think it's four to three. <clears throat> you and I attended a swanky party at Boo Walker's house. True story. It was a lovely party. It's probably my favorite of my of the year. I'm, and at one point in the evening, his wife brought out an alcoholic drink that took the party from great to very great. Mm -hmm. Yep. Name that alcohol. That was her homemade limoncello. Gosh, very good. It was, I was delightful. It was. It was a yeah. dynamite drink. Very yeah. good. All right. All you have to do is get one of the next two, and you have defeated me. Okay. Number nine, please spell hanger like as an airplane hanger. H-A-N-G-A-R. Very good. Everybody spells it with an E, I think. Everyone and does. And I, I have corrected many an author who has put an E-R have you? in hanger. Uh, I have. Just like, gently. I'm like, hey, uh, by the way, would you mind, would you be interested in knowing that this is spelled yeah. with an A? Very good. And, uh, I think, but nice thing. I think you really are a pilot. Good for you. And the last one, it's irrelevant. Number 10, I renamed uh, one of my books at your insistence, Nathan Van Koops. You made right. me rename it. What's the new name? What did I pick? Wildcard. No. No? Wildcard no. was my idea. 
Well, I didn't rename a book based on that. I think oh, I did. That was pitch definitely you, you pitched pitched me ideas for books, and that was definitely yeah. my call. I, I texted yeah, you right. wild card, and you named your book that. I did not realize how much of my career I owe to you. <laughs> do you know so there's, which, an, there's another book? Okay. Do you remember you texted me and said, "Alan, this is a, a book that needs to be renamed. It's been out for several years. Yeah. You got to change the name." Sophomore slump needed. To That's be, right. Needed to be renamed. That's right. I don't know what you renamed it to. Okay, I renamed it to August Origins. Okay. But still, you beat me seven to three. I think very good, Nathan. I feel very proud of myself. You're as attractive as you are smart. <laughs> I'm as tipsy as I am uh, anything right now. Well, but I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I could succeed for you. Yeah. You you are one of the the uh, most delightful people I know, Alan. And oh, uh, it thrills me to no end to have you on the show. <laughs> um, this has been fantastic. I. Love having you on as a repeat guest. You were on actually in the very early days. It's been far, right. far too long since you've been on the show. It's been That's years, right. which um, is a travesty, honestly. Have me back, and I'll have another quiz for you. Yeah, um, this was actually this was highly entertaining. This is why your podcast needs to come back. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go on break. I have to have a, uh, my wife and I are having a child in July. Maybe you should just come in and fill in for me as as the host. How about that? Maybe I will. I, I'm. I'm. I've never had writer's block before until right now, and I've got to finish this book, and I can't. I'm so mad at it. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll call you. We'll talk it out. I love talking about other people's problems in their books. It's so yeah. much more fun than talking about the problems in my books. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. But um, Alan, for people who are as enthralled with you as I am, like, where should they go to hang out with you and, and find out more information about you? I uh, go to I go to Amazon and look up Alan Lee. And then maybe mystery. There's another Alan Lee there who drew pictures for Lord of the Rings books. And actually, I'm yeah. I'm a fan of that Alan Lee. He's awesome. So look up Alan Lee mystery, and you're gonna love me so much. <laughs> uh, I agree because I don't know anyone who knows you that doesn't love you. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and second that. So yeah, check out Alan Lee on Amazon. Um, Alan, this has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for coming, taking time to be on the show tonight. Oh, thanks. Cheers. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. I am. I got a tiny little bit left, so cheers. Oh, I've got. Yeah. Uh, has anyone, uh, anyone who's been watching and adding comments? If I didn't get a chance to answer your comments live, um, because I was so riveted by this conversation, I apologize. But I will. We will go on and try to, um, you know, answer some of the comments afterwards. But thank okay. you, everyone, for watching and for listening to the podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week for another great episode. So long. Toodles.